0: Hopefully just keep on running away with the Serie A title race to the point that there is no longer a title race. Welcome back to another Italian Football Podcast here to talk about the Serie A Match Day 23 action. I'm here, your host Conor Clancy as ever. I've got Kev Pugelski with me. Kev, can you fight your sniffles and coughs away and get through 40 odd minutes? Yeah, absolutely. What a professional. I'd never thought I'd say those words about you, but... Here we are. I've also got Ewan Burns here with me. He looks a little bit sad at the moment. I don't quite know why. Burns, are you okay?
1: I'm okay. You, you, you caught me looking, looking sad for no reason. Why Wait were you, you looking sad? To, I don't know. I was just reading something. You're sitting there in I, your new hat. I think I just glazed out.
0: <laughs> You've got a new hat on your head? I do. Ready for Thursday night. It's very it's, exciting. <laughs> it's a clue hat, I'm guessing, is it? It is, yeah. If you notice, it, it's a train. You should have probably showed us this before. We had to lean and, over a microphone. And and you know, you know,
1: at... you know. When I said to you oh, that yeah. when I when I went up to the ground, I found a load of disused trains around the back. I, I, I feel there may be a link there. You're a big John train guy as well. Yeah, exactly. I was quite excited. I had to kill an hour around the stadium waiting for the club shop to open, and then I found a load of trains. So enough of this. Enough <laughs> of this
0: nerd and nonsense. Let's move on to Vito Doria, who's also here with us. Vito, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm okay. Um, really don't have much to say, so I haven't got any. That's <laughs> good, good for
3: a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cap, to Let's be get cracking the in football.
0: Have you said about two minutes when I two, two words when I introduced you, so you
3: can pipe down. But I've, Fancy, I've just I've just come back from a long drive home from Newcastle where not a single person said cow when we drove past cows. It's been a disappointing day. It's a very niche reference that only applies to the three of us
0: and a sixty-year-old man who wouldn't have even noticed us talking about it at the time, never might remember it.
3: It means the listeners have got to sort of, you know, do some digging to find out what our cow and train references are. All listen yeah. back to our
0: I think the train ones are simply understood. But, Bernsie, I don't know if you got the reference when I said nerd nonsense. Because if you didn't, it feels like I was just abusing you, but that wasn't what was happening there.
1: Um, no, what is... Okay. D- did you call me a nerd the other day?
0: No, I, I do call you a nerd, but nerd <laughs> nonsense was particularly... Um, it, it was a particular reference to... I can't remember the name of him, but there's a, a Scottish man who works in English football punditry. And he gets very irate about things that he shouldn't. It's not Souness. It's someone that I genuinely don't know the name of. And he was just like dismissing statistics at one point on like American TV, I think it was. And he was like, nerd nonsense. And it's just Uh stuck in my head. (laughs) But anyway, we're here to talk about Serie A and the the Italian nerd nonsense. But Napoli are still, what, 15 points clear at the top because they beat Sassuolo 2-0. ...on Friday evening and it kind of made everything that followed it just a bit of a procession. Sam lost 2-1 at home to Bologna, late heartbreak there for the Blue Ciacciati again. Milan beat Monza 1-0 in Monza and Inter beat Udinese 3-1. But I think we could probably say that was a trickier game than the scoreline might suggest... Lecce did the double over Atalanta. They won 2 1 in Bergamo, having won 2 1 in Salento earlier in the season. Fiorentina scored a late equaliser to draw the Tuscan Derby 1 1 against Empoli. Lazio, well, Chiro Mobile's back. He scored twice. They beat Salernitana 2 0 in Salerno. Juve beat Spezia 2 0. Roma edged Verona 1 0 at the Olimpico. And Torino Cremonese is still to come on Monday evening. There is only one place to start, it's at the top it's in Reggio Amelia. I was there, Kev, Napoli, they're just professional, convincing, they don't have any weaknesses, and they are strolling to the title, they're not marching anymore, they're not racing anybody anymore, they're just going about things, and they're going to win the league in April.
3: Absolutely, they've broken into a walk, um, and probably the the league are hoping that that will allow a few teams maybe to get a bit closer just to, you know, so they can talk up um, a potential sort of collapse by Napoli. But it's not going to happen. Um, the thing that stood out for me as the sort of the graphics were coming up on the screen during the game was that sort of the goal difference. I think it's plus yeah. 41. But then like the next, you know, from the teams closest to them, not the next best goal difference. But, you know, you're, you're looking like 20 goals. And that, that that sort of highlights how you you know you're you're saying there that they're you know they're good in attack they're solid in defence midfield functions you know almost perfectly even you know I'd argue that Alex Merritt's their weakest link but you know with the defence in front of him yeah. there's there's not a great deal for him to do although he did have a couple of saves to make um on Friday night and yeah they're, they're just phenomenal it's, yeah, because you sort of you're trying to think you're trying to find things to think about when you're watching them go through the motions. When the sort of goal difference graphic came up, I thought to myself, because they have this head-to-head record in Italy. Can you imagine if, like somebody else, was sort of say a Milan like they were last year, grinding out nil, nil uh, one nils and things, that you had a team, let's say it's Napoli, with a plus forty-one goal difference, and another side on the same points, and yet the other side won the league on head-to-head. You would be distraught as a Napoli player, as a Napoli fan, because you know it, that the goal difference does kind of show you strength, but that's a little nuance of Italy that I don't quite agree with in a way.
2: To suggest that there's a weakness with this Napoli squad at this moment would sound picky, but uh, I probably disagree with Merit being the weak point because I think when he does get tested, he is capable of making some very good saves. Uh, if if I could say there's a weakness or maybe I'd expect a little bit more from Napoli would be the right wing position. Although the likes of Politano and Lozano, they can uh, do a shift, they can track back and help defensively. I think the offensive output is just not as great as, say, Kovacic, Kovacic, or Victor Oziman. So if we really had to clutch at straws, it'd be good if Politano and Lozano could add something. Otherwise, if they do contribute more directly to the goals who knows how much stronger this Napoli team can be
0: I don't think we need to pick weaknesses do we can we not can we not just enjoy the fact that we can pick weaknesses in literally every other team in Serie A but with Napoli let's just say everyone's everyone's doing their bit everyone looks good but Bernsley some people are doing a little bit more than their bit and we spoke on the preview pod. I believe it was you, Kev, and I speaking. I think it was the three of us. About how this was my first time seeing Faraskalia in the flesh. And I tried to watch him. I tried to just watch him at points. Because it was quite clear from early that Napoli were going to win this game. So I was like, let's just see what he does. But I couldn't help being drawn to his mate up front, Victor Ossiman. Because, oh my good God. Every time I watch him play... I convince myself that I'm actually falling in love with them.
1: <laughs> I mean, both of them, uh, it's... I mean, o- o- Ozymin, they're, they're both brilliant in when you watch them for sort of different reasons, where Osman we already knew was fantastic, we just hadn't quite seen him at full whack, what we now know to be full whack. Mm. And then Scale is the other side of it, where no one, regardless of what they might tell you, no one had any idea how good this guy was going to be. No, 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 no. Um, Twitter says Twitter says that they were oh, yeah. all saying two years ago that
0: Chelsea should sign him.
1: Yes, well, <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's like, every time he does something, it's it's like, oh my god, this this guy, he's still doing it, kind of thing. And then for Ozyman, it's like, wow, like, how far can he really go, kind of thing. He, he feels like, he's the more established star out of the two, but for, for Napoli as a whole, like it just at this point, it's it's like a greatest hits tour almost. Watching them play, it's a bit like, like they're just rocked up rock up into as well. Everyone there supporting them, and the two big guys score two fantastic goals, and then they go home again. It's they're they're just sort of cruising around Italy, winning games of football until they get their trophy.
0: It's really it's really funny. I wrote about this after and during the match, the, just how different the two of them are and how they're just perfectly complementary because they are the exact opposites of each other like kvaraskelia when you see him he's so Kev you were talking about how he runs like a little bit crouched over and when you when you just watch him in the stadium he does kind of have the i don't know what the word is like You could confuse him for an elderly woman (laughs) if you you just saw him (laughs) at a glance. Like, the way he moves, he he looks like he's a little bit labored when he's walking and he's not on the ball, but he does that thing that Messi does where he just kind of wanders and he's looking at the defenders when the ball's miles away. It's like he's just trying to see right, next time I get it, who looks like they're not quite fully caught up with their breathing at the moment and I'm just going to go at them. And then you see his goal, where he just comes back into the centre circle. And I think that was probably the only time he had come central or that deep at any point. And then someone's on his back. He turns. He's gone past them. He skips past Lorente, gets to the box, and just puts it through Ehrlich's legs and into the bottom corner. And he's just like, all right, yeah. He had done nothing <laughs> except for a, a first-minute nutmeg on zorteo And then he just does that. And then, right, fine. We see how this is going. But... Uh- there's a subtlety and a softness to everything he does. And then Aussie, man, everything he does is just like full of aggression and violence. And it's it's brilliant. Yeah, I did find watching Ehrlich on the
3: on the goal quite amusing because it, it's almost as if he was backing away and sort of tripping over his own feet. You know, I was sort of I was there sort of willing him to fall over. But, and, and I think that's just sort of grown through the season because now people are expecting them to sort of to do... Whereas, in a way, actually, when he's up against Osserman, like you say, where it's that sort of physicality of, you know, the fact that he wants to kind of draw defenders into a, into a fight. Uh, but, but, yet, Ehrlich couldn't deal with either of them. And um, they, they do dovetail lovely.
1: The, there's two things I've decided are my favourite things about Kvalitska right? One what is... <laughs> the way in which one of them's is the other isn't. Um The way that he's one of these players who he, he requires no backlift for a powerful shot. And that is such a valuable thing because who, who did he score against the, was it Cremonese? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, last the, the, Monday. The, the lovely yeah, of he, into the bottom corner. Where he came in from yeah. wide and then just snapped it back to the inside post. Um, that sort of thing, where he, he can score at moments where defences just aren't expecting him to shoot, and that's so valuable. The other thing is that I get the vibe from it. you know those players. I think he's one of them, where you get the feeling that they're not remotely interested in football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he, like he's, he's just sort of found himself in this position where he's he thinks, well, yeah, this is obvious. But if I just have this ball and I just run up there and kick it, like it's easy. I'm not interested. I, don't, I get, I get, I just get the feeling that like. He doesn't go home and watch documentaries about football or read about football. He's got no idea what anyone else in Serie A is doing. He just gets on the pitch and does really well, and then lives his life. Have Have any of you heard about Willie Bowley, who played for Wolves at some yeah. point? I don't know where he
3: is now. And it, it took him two weeks to realise Wolves had signed a uh, you know sold one of his like his teammates because he just he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't like football. He doesn't. I've just I've now just got this mental image of <laughs> Shelly turning up next season realising that they've <laughs> sold Osman to Chelsea for sort of, I don't know, 500 no million technical. and just going, oh no, I should have really kept an eye on the yellow ticker on Sky Sport News or whatever it is in Italy because <laughs> I'm now here with a f- load of bums that we've dragged up from the youth team because Aurelio De, De Laurentiis has sold everybody else from beyond, yeah, around me. But uh, <laughs> I'd love that to happen. It's obviously not going to. Um, I get
0: what you mean though. I, I-, I do take all of that on board completely and there was a really nice moment i'll just take you into the press box at the at the map pay with me but when he scored that opener there was like an understanding around the press box that oh that was good you don't always get moments like that but he, he went on his little run and you could see everyone around was like this is the moment this is his moment in this game and then when he finished everyone just like looked around and was smiling at each other like we've just we've just shared that together and then when men did it it was he like wrestled off two players were trying to wrestle him and he wasn't wrestling them back he just like was like get off me and then he shot from that angle with that power into the net and everyone just kind of went oh (laughs) made that noise like what's he done that for
3: Gev yeah, well, also, and I think it was impressive because it was clearly a shot, you know, so there was none of this, you know, oh, was it a a shot? But to go back to something you said earlier about everybody's going, oh, you know, this un- you know, this undiscovered talent in Kravachalia that we didn't see coming. He is still only 22. You know, this is the thing. You know, all these people claim they sort of... You know, it's not as if he's 28 and nobody's sort of... Nobody's gone after him, you know. He's been playing in, you know, out of Mongolia or somewhere and then suddenly he's coming. Yeah, you know, he's 22, you know, players will have sort of spurts in their development he was clearly very good and then obviously went back because he he ended his contract with the, the Russian club he was with and or you know got sold however somebody can correct me on what I've got wrong there but he is only 22 so it's like I think people are trying to claim that you know he was you know some sort of amazing discovery he's probably just at the right stage of his career he's found the right club and he's
0: showing the world what he can do you just wanted to interject? He did come from Dinamo Butami, Batumi, who are Georgian, and I have no shame in saying I had never heard of before. No. But he wouldn't he, have been there, no, I don't really... think, if he hadn't. It was it was, whole, it was the
3: whole it was the whole yeah it was the Russian situation that actually meant it was a quick exit. So you go back, and I don't think anybody expected him, from what I understand, to to remain at the club he <laughs> the one that you just said that he signed for Napoli from.
0: Don't make me say it again because ba- I'm not Batum, looking at it anymore. Batum, yeah. <laughs> but, they're enjoyable. They're going to be worthy winners and I think everybody will celebrate the fact that we'll be ending the season with four different winners from the last four seasons. But, go.
3: Yeah the, yeah, the only problem with that is the last time I remember that happening was in Germany and then Munich are sort of 11. Bayern
0: Munich are the 11 in a row. So, right. let's hope that, does, right. that doesn't well, happen afterwards. Gonna do that again. Mm. <laughs> you will be back. But, the other side of the, the fun coin is basically everybody else. Vito, Milan beat Monza 1-0 away from home. And I I think this is quite a big win because they're getting into a little bit of a stride now of keeping clean sheets, which is, if you're not Juventus, it's only a good thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Then with uh, Milan, after those heavy losses that they endured to Lazio and Sassuolo, they needed something to stop the rot. If they're not going to be scoring prolifically, if uh, Leal is not going to be wowing the crowds like he was say last year, I think they just got to go back to basics, which they've done, defended well. It was a nice goal from Junior Macias to uh, break the deadlock, and I think uh, they're just in a situation where results only matter, so it's a bit Juve-esque, but the moment, they just got to focus on their own goals. And I uh, think they're doing what they need to do to stay in Europe and also um, be more competitive in Serie A and try to stay within that fight for a Champions League spot.
1: Uh, on that Milan performance, I, I, don't, I don't know that it will stay with that kind of continually winning 1-0 vibe for very long because th- this was better than a 1-0 performance. From Milan. Bear, bear in mind that Monza are Monza are good, mm. um, and they were at Monza, and it was it was loud there as well. They were they were very up for it, um, and there was there was multiple times where Milan absolutely should have scored again, and on on another day they would have. Um, obviously, the Torino game and the Tottenham game, they were one 0 win performances. This, this did have more about it, and you know, while Liao again didn't score. Um, I'm convinced it is coming back for him because he was very involved, albeit patchy. Um, and I think he's the sort of guy if, if he gets one, I think he'll be straight back amongst it in at full work again.
0: I don't know if I'd agree that it was. It could have been like a two or three nil win for Milan because Monza had a couple of chances too, and Milan well, only had 14 yeah. shots to Monza's 11. Monza had 60 percent of the ball. I thought it was quite. Evenly balanced and almost scrappy, and yeah, that
1: way. the the game was. I, I more mean Milan specifically their performance. They they were they were worthy of more than one goal. Monza definitely were pushing towards the end, um, and because of Twitter's fun technical difficulties yesterday, I was very fearful that they were going <laughs> to score. <laughs> I was fearful that anyone would score. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, you are right in terms of the the balance of the game. But I think Milan were worthy of more than one goal in that game. I feel like. Ewan's got two definitions
3: of sort of a 1-0 win though, because the the Torino game was Milan sitting off, not, you know, sucking up the pressure that they were allowing Torino, you know, and getting away with it because they, they scored their goal, whereas Tottenham, Milan were, you know, they were, they were quite strong in, in, in comparison to, you know, how they have been recently. And I know Tottenham had a weaker side out, but they should have won by more because they missed chances. And, and yesterday felt more like the Tottenham game, where which I wouldn't I wouldn't sort of class as a, a, a typical one 0 one nil with me sort of grinding out. It's a you know it's a industrial type it's backs to the wall sort of a game. Whereas you know Milan look like they are finding some some more attacking prowess, but without the finishes. You know, Liao was shooting from distance, so I think that, that sometimes can inflate your numbers a little. But he looks like he at least wants to be there again which he hasn't in the last couple of weeks um, since probably the. The uh, Tottenham game changed that.
0: Vito, what did you think about the Milan performance? Because we we know that you like attacking football, you like front foot football. There's more than a hint of pragmatism to, or maybe pragmatism might even be a bit generous for what I'm trying to say. But Pioli is basically setting up now, starting a match with the approach of damage limitation and then hoping that Milan can nick one with with Liao and go up top.
2: Oh, it's certainly leaning towards that way now. And although it means that Milan aren't particularly interesting to watch, I think uh, what Pioli's showing is that with how the rest of the squad is, they don't have the players in form to play the football that they perhaps would like to play. And they've got their share of glaring weaknesses. So in this situation... I think he's playing this more cautious football just for the sake of not being blown out of the water again because it would be more concerning if they kept on producing those kind of performances in which they got smashed like they did against Sassuolo and Lazio and really a club of Milan's stature should not be losing those kind of games or at least not in that manner.
0: What do you make of this back three? Because I'm I'm assuming this is the first choice back three now with, with Kalulu, Tiao and Tomori. And then Manyan's on his way back finally as well. So Milan fans could be forgiven for, for having a little bit of a smile on their face coming into a new week.
2: Looking at this defense, at least, they've got players that are both physically strong. No, not both. The three of them, they're physically strong, but they're very athletic and agile as well and another thing to consider is that uh, Solomon Coyier you know he's been a fine defender his experience has been valuable over the last few seasons but I think with the injuries he's had he's starting to show a bit of wear and tear and then also if they got to look to Mateo Gabbia, that's concerning because I really don't think Gabia is a Milan standard defender at all he's really a team for relegate I mean he's a defender for relegation battler
0: Mm, yeah, he he is one of those. I think he's probably there for reasons beyond footballing ability, but more so the fact that he's Italian and he ticks a few boxes for, for them in that regard. So you need the players like that. <clears throat> Matteo Um There are a lot of them about in Serie A, unfortunately. But I think we can leave Milan there. Positive signs. Positive signs. I think Pioli deserves a little bit of credit because I, I think there was a lot of... Belief that maybe when the things started to go wrong, he wouldn't be able to like get them back on track, but he's done well so far. Burnsy, Chiro Mobile is back. He scored twice. Lazio won 2 0. He's now got three goals in two games. Crisis averted. Everything's okay again.
1: Well, yeah, of course, because that, that's how it works with Lazio. Yes. If they win a game, it means that they'll do loads in a row. They'll rally. be
0: in crisis after they play Fluge <laughs> again.
1: Exactly, when they get beaten by the railway men that I've decided Closure probably nicknamed
0: based Can I do on my hat. A quick <laughs>
1: that? Um, but no, I mean, that is massive in, in a in a top four um, battle. If you've got, you know, if you're as dependent on Immobile as they have been for a long time, if you suddenly have a version of him that isn't quite working the same way, that is not helpful at all. Um, and also, if you look, you know, you look at that battle: Inter One, Roma One, Milan One, Lazio One. So, you know, they they need the, the margins. There, there are no margins of error to work with in this battle. So they really need him firing properly.
0: Clues apparently have five nicknames, according to the always reliable Wikipedia. One of them's got to be. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you the English translations of these because I I cannot on, read the Iranian. Romanian. Um <laughs> the CFR people, the Cluj okay. people, the White and Burgundies, <laughs> the
1: nice.
0: provincial champion, and the railwaymen.
1: Yes. There word for can, word. Uh, <laughs>
0: the railway men, yeah.
1: I'm a railwayman. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean I I really don't it, know.
1: Did I say to you my favorite detail at their stadium? And I think everyone oh, will enjoy sake. it. As I got there, the the car park, there's a, there's a man in a box who's the security. Um, and then halfway into the car park, there's a dog just tied on a long piece of string to the wall with a kennel next to it that just barks at everything that goes past.
0: Is he a stadium dog?
1: He was fully in the stadium vicinity. He was in the car park of the stadium, tied up to the wall of the stadium. Um, and this was on... What day of the week would this have been? Wednesday, a Wednesday morning of not a match day or anything. And he was just there. So I reckon he was a security guy's dog. I
0: love that. Very very, very provincial club, that. Well, they are the provincial champions, so maybe mm. maybe that's what I couldn't get a there. picture
1: of him, though, because I didn't would exist, have had to walk then. past the security man. And At... I do not really fancy having that broken com- conversation. At and he looked D-H-O-T-Y-A. D-H-O-T-Y-A. Wait, what? Oh, did, you, are you didn't saying didn't the whole thing in the year it award. Yeah, because oh, okay. we're in
0: 2023, mate. You take photos of everything that happens. Yeah, that's true. So You've got film
1: strangers and stuff, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I do not believe you. <laughs> I do not believe you because, yeah. There you go, what can you do? Um, Friends, I'll stick with you for this because Inter got a win. Uh, they beat Udinese 3-1, but it was closer than that, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, Inter, I mean, all of the teams in this battle, I would say, are very unreliable hard to, and flaky. Yeah. They're very hard to judge in a big picture sense. Um Inter have got that slight, you know, they're they're three points up the road as it were, they're in second. They they they're they're very much trying to solidify themselves as we're not in that battle. We're you know, we're one up, we're gonna stay in second place. But they've had so many games, this being one that could so easily have gone the other way. Um and the bit I found mad was I know he made amends for it by scoring at the end, anyway. But with not long to go, when it was two one and Lautaro was through on goal, and he tried this daft chip that just wasn't what was on, and not for the situation. <laughs> and you know, I just think that sort of thing is that was weird from him. I didn't like that. I, I felt like he's not normally like he's normally a ruthless when he's in that sort of position, and it was a bit weird.
2: The thing that really got me about this particular game is that. Udinese could have got something out of it but it took a moment of selfishness to pot to really kill the Zebrecht's hopes. Udinese had four people going forward and had to face just two inter-defenders. He tried to be a hero and do it all himself and he gets his shot blocked. In hindsight in that moment he should have looked to his right and passed the and that could have been 2-1 to Udinese. and then Udinese, they get the short on the counter-attack and then Mkhitaryan scores that lovely goal. Just makes you wonder what can happen when you make the wrong decision at certain moments.
0: Atalanta were beaten again 2-1 by Lecce. Um, they just they can't beat Lecce this season. Bernsie, uh Asan Cisse scored the opener from long, long, long way out to the point where I don't really know why Musa didn't save it because you could see where it was going for what felt like about five seconds. Alexis Blin then put them 2-0 up late on as Atalanta were pushing for an equaliser. And then Rasmus Hoyland scored a goal that you don't see enough of, right? So he closed down the the Lecce goalkeeper from the side and got a block on the attempted clearance. And it went in, which never happens. You see it go narrowly wide a few times, but it, it was fun. And your boys who... You also have a hat of, Lecce. They <laughs> are, I'm not counting Monster in this conversation because they're not a normal newly promoted side in that the backing they've got is, is a little bit different. But I I think Lecce are the most impressive newly promoted side in Serie A that I can remember for a few years.
1: Yeah, I think they've definitely got me right up there because they're in, what, 13th now. And you look at the table, that there is scope to go even higher if they want it, they're not going to get relegated. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because that's cruel. They're 10 <laughs> points ahead of the relegation zone, so you, <laughs> you should never say that.
0: The superstition um, is creeping in. <laughs>
1: um Just on that Hoyland goal, I mean, you, you say that we don't see enough of it. You could argue that you should just never see it full stop because there's no excuse for that to ever happen from a goalkeeper's perspective. Um, the thing is, what, what was odd about it is that yeah, you know, Falcone didn't slip. He he, he didn't lose control of He just Yeah, he just took ages to get rid of the ball. Dylan yeah. um, is
0: rapid though.
1: Yeah, but it like he, he was far away. <laughs> like he still regardless just should not have happened. Um and there, there was a moment quite soon after it had gone to one where he, he made a save. Um and then he started punching the floor yeah, for much yeah, yeah. longer than you'd think anyone ever would. And um and it was it, it was clearly him and all his frustration, thinking I've got a lot of minutes to not a lot of, but in the context, a lot of minutes to get through here. Where, like, any if yeah. they score again, this is on me because Atalanta weren't getting back into that game until that moment. There was there was very little, surprisingly, there was very little sign that anything was really going to happen. Um,
0: Atalanta yeah, just th- had th- one th- of their
1: stinky days up front. Like they they never really looked like they
0: were going to score. There was the. They had a goal ruled out in the first half, wasn't it? When when Luckman went in and he was just offside. Mm, yeah. And, I, as soon as that was ruled out, I kind of thought, oh, right. It's one of those <laughs> days, isn't it?
1: It was um, the only thing, that, if I were an Atalanta fan, that I take heart from is that it didn't look at any point among those forwards that there was any lack of application. It did just seem to be a case of it, it just wasn't happening. They just weren't clicking together on that day. Hoyland especially. I mean, the the goal is an exhibit of the fact that it did not feel like Atlanta were going to get back into it, but he still chased that down. Yeah. And he got the reward for it. So I, I don't think that performance re- necessarily has to be read into in a massive way from an Atalanta perspective. No. I think they were I, just a bit crap. I
0: I think it's important to say as well, Martin Durand was not there. And when Martin Duran's not there, Atalanta concede goals. And if you didn't watch this game... Or maybe you did watch this game and wondered why Atalanta didn't have much in attack. Look at their substitutes, bench, <laughs> Because I think there were about six players on it. And I guarantee most of our listeners won't have heard of three of them.
1: One of them who came on, um, the Rolicky. Jet Lad. Yes. I thought he looked very tidy. Yeah, there's, um, there's
0: a lot of hope and expectation and excitement around him in Bergamo. And there has been for a few years. I'm pretty hmm. sure he was part of the primavera team that won the Coppa italia and then got to the final the following year back in 1920 i think it would have been so everyone's been kind of waiting for him to get a chance in the first team and now after that performance today his decision making wasn't great he probably shot a couple of times too many uh, when he should have looked to pass it but after that performance today everybody that i've spoken to has been saying give him a few more minutes this season
1: yeah, he didn't look out of place at all. And even the shooting, you could argue the, the situation called for it in the sense that he got chucked on at 2-0 down. But he he didn't look panicky to, to the point where I'd, I'd spotted him and I was like, who's who's the 23? I, he looks quite good, but I can't look out who that... For, for a second, I was really doubting myself. being like, is that Cook Miners? Um, <laughs> even, I, like, I know it's not, but I can't look out who that is. And they didn't look out of place. But yeah, he did a nice job. Kevin, are you here? I think so.
0: Right. Sounds good. Um Fiorentina won Empoli won. Oh
3: thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me that.
0: Give me that one. That's what, that's what happens when you drop out for fifteen <laughs> minutes of the pod? Ten isn't minutes there. of speaking go. <laughs> um positive result for Fiorentina given that they were one 0 behind and Empoli are definitely a better team than them at the moment. But it says a lot about the state of affairs at Fiorentina when we are talking about a one-on-one one draw at home at Empoli being a, a good thing. I think you're being really
3: positive because I don't know why I seem to see so many Fiorentina sort of fans on my Twitter timeline but they sort of you know they they thought this was catastrophic you know they should be pumping Empoli 3 or 4 nil or something you know and they were lamenting the poorness of their team which has probably been just as poor for the last however many seasons because we probably lose count um so it was quite surprising really but yeah they, they they got a good they got a good result in the circumstance because obviously it shaved off the crossbar for the uh cabral wasn't it to put the header in
2: uh-huh. what i find interesting and i think it's easy to sort of put down the conference league because it's a uh... Newer competition and then the standard of the teams and all that. But uh, you really see a difference this season between Fiorentina in Europe and Fiorentina in Serie A. In Serie A, they're struggling to score goals, but in the Conference League, they're winning rather comprehensively. You could argue that it could be the quality of the opponents, but you also can consider that in Europe, they've probably got a bit more space to play the football they want, whereas given that they don't play at a necessarily high tempo that in Serie A, it's just easy to defend in a deep block and they just block off the channels much easier. So it makes it a bit harder to try and take shots in the final third.
3: Maybe it's self-belief. Maybe they go into the conference league yeah. thinking, we're too good for this. So, you know, they 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 a bit more swagger. And in Serie A, they think, yeah, we're going to finish 10th again, aren't we? <laughs> we're probably not Possibly. even that high.
0: Vito, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brunzi, but we're going to move on to, to Sam Bologna because... Oh, Vito, Vito, Vito. <laughs> Roberto Sojano, an ex of Samp, put mm. Bologna won a up with a decent strike. Basically, a better version of Cissé's in that I wouldn't really blame anybody for this one going in. It was just a decent hit. And then Sabiri scored a penalty. And then Sabiri got another penalty and, and Skrupski saved it. And then in the 90th minute, just when it looked like Samp were actually going to get a point, Riccardo the the man that you love... You love Riccardo Rossellini more than anyone loves Riccardo Rossellini. And he he did that to you, Vito. He cut in off the right and hammered one in. Sinking, sinking feeling.
2: Oh, it is. Uh, both Bologna goals were lovely goals, uh, i got to say. And then yeah, just to see Sabiri get that second penalty saved and to lose in that moment, it is gut-wrenching, but also probably another thing that symbolizes some season so far, that it just looks like a downward spiral from here. That doesn't look like there's a return, but uh, just to reiterate, it doesn't seem like Serie B is the worst of our problems. Uh, mm. All the events that are happening off the pitch as well kind of hint that even the club's survival is at stake and, you know, Serie B might not be the worst thing. The worst thing is, you know, either Serie C or... Serie D. This
0: is the this is the scary thing. and Anybody listening, if you go to total-italianfootball.com in the next couple of days, Vito will have an article, basically a, a Sampdoria explainer, talking about what exactly is going on at that club, because you're dead right. I think relegation from Serie A is a certainty this season. I don't think we're even at the point of that being up for discussion anymore. And that is not even on the radar of their concerns because there's a very real chance that Samp won't exist by the end of the season and they'll have to reform and start from, from scratch, which we've seen far too many times in Italian football in the last few years. And again, there's an article from Vito Toria going up on the website, total-italianfootball.com in the next few days, basically looking at those clubs who have fallen out of existence and then come back. But, as someone who supports a, a small like town club back in Ireland who have been on the verge of going out of existence it's not easy it's a really tough thing to experience as a fan so Vito my 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 heart is very much with you and and your fellow Samp fans Kevin
3: just just when we're on Samp just sort of a, a very small aside, side i mean those that have followed me on social media you'll see that just a couple like one road over there's a There's somebody that keeps putting a Samp. It's like a St. George's cross, but with Sampdoria in it. You know, I know know Vito will remember the one that I posted. As we were leaving the house the other day, and in in a shame, I was in a rush. That The chap who lives in the property had just, I'd describe it as maybe 50 Samp shirts, like on hangers. They were either going to do a car boot. I hope they no. weren't I hope they weren't going to burn them just because of Sam's predicament. <laughs> but it was just bizarre. So I sort of because I, I was in a rush, I was with Stace and I was like, That's a lot of Sam's shirts there, lad. And he was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I just wish I'd I need to I need to see him out at his house because I'm not you know, we're not on communication sort of Right. Way, and actually find out what he was doing because if some of those were just going to a car boot, then it's an absolute tragedy because they look like there yeah. was grab grab a I, few. They look like there was a good I few think... seasons worth there, you know, decades. And he's about my Considering
1: age. Considering the book that you've written and what is on the front of it, I'd say you're within the correct realm to just knock on the door. You reckon, and... so I don't know.
3: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I think you've got
1: enough in common there.
3: <laughs> I agree. Mm. I need. I need. I need because well, other people, you know, their their mail gets delivered to wrong addresses. I need. I need that to happen really and be their address, but. You know, I'm I'm clearly not as uh forward as you, you is
1: he near enough that I mean, I I'm talking the to tour, talk, I absolutely wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> but does it does he live near enough to you that the mail would ever actually get mixed up or is he like eight doors down or something? No, it's one road over, so usually it's they mm. give us uh the door
3: number. I don't know when why I'm not giving my door number out, not as sure if anybody's gonna come and find me. <laughs> but well, a couple of people do know the area you live in. It's, it's, yeah, it's usually the door number of the road over. And then it's like, oh, yeah, We then you go and do that. You know, we've clearly got a crap posting.
0: Maybe he was he trying was to gross. just get all of the superstition. So Sam had a big game coming up, so he put all the shirts out. Because I've got a couple of lucky shirts that when Atalanta play, I usually either put one on or have it beside me on the sofa. And I didn't How did do that. Go that for today? you today? I didn't do it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did it for the Lazio game. Didn't do it today. So there you go. Well, I'm never going to not do it again for the rest of the season. Hopefully, I'll have a future update. You never know. Fingers crossed. Well, keep us updated on, on Twitter. I don't know why I paused there. I, like, <laughs> I, I didn't give you any cues that I was waiting <laughs> that was, for you that was to on you Yeah, it was on me. I looked away to the side. But anyway. Um, Spezia and Il Juventus 2, did anybody bother um... to watch this? Because I actively encouraged you and to not.
1: I caught a little bit. What is
0: wrong with you? I told you to not do it. I was sat
1: at the laptop all day. I had to just put games on, whatever was on. Um, And the other games were on with Spurs and a Dortmund game that was dead at the point I left it. Um, But the only thing I'd say is go and look at Di Maria's goal, the second goal. That was nice. Apart from that, ignore it with everything, with every part of you.
3: I i learned something today by watching the game, having the game in the background. Um, in the car? No, no, because I've got it on now. Because I've just come in. I'm so oh, it's the only game I'm not seeing. So I put it on now. Because that rainbow kit sort of draws you to the goalkeeper. And Dragovsky started,
0: but I don't. No, have... sorry, I have to interject. It's the Chinkatera kit, oh, a okay. rainbow. So Chinkatera kit.
3: But I'm sure I saw Djokovic, Drog- and then I looked back up a moment ago because the kit came on the TV, TV again, and Marchetti's in goal. So, if, a I don't know how <laughs> within this podcast I don't know how Djokovic got injured, but also I've just learned that Marchetti's at, 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 at Betsia, which I thought he'd retired. Um, he got injured just before the World Cup, didn't he? Ex snapped his ankle. Yeah, I knew I knew how he missed the World Cup, but I didn't realize Federico Marchetti was. Guessing game, yeah.
0: guessing game, guessing game.
1: Yeah. How
3: old is he?
0: How is... old is Federico Marchetti?
3: Oh, uh, he's going Is he
1: the one who's at Lazio? He was Lazio yeah.
3: goalkeeper for a while. Yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be about thirty-three, I'd say.
0: Thirty-three.
3: <laughs> oh well, my god, He's, he's going to be about thirty-seven, <laughs> isn't
0: he? I will talk you through his career. Okay. So he started out as a senior pro in two thousand and two with Torino, then he had loan spells with Provercelli, Crotone, Treviso, and again Provercelli. Then he went to Bielese, who I've never heard of. Then Albino Lefe, Cagliari, Lazio from 2011 to 2018. Genoa from 2018 to 2022. And now he's gone from taking one Lugurian club down to Serie B to probably doing it with another. (laughs) Because I think Spezia are in in big trouble. But Federico Mazzetti, how old is he? Everyone gets a guess. Bernsie says 38. Vito? 39. 39, Kev.
3: Uh I'll go okay, I'll go 37. I think I think because because Lazio was twenty eleven, I thought it would be like twenty.
1: You had to go more there. Yeah. Vito
0: go again. Said thirty-nine. You did, but I'm giving you another one because it wasn't right. Go higher. Higher. Forty. Vito wins. There you go. Congratulations, Mr. Doria. Um side note, oh, not I've decided
1: boy. there are more people that have played for Albino Lefe than haven't in the Italian football world. I think mean, every time you look into any player's career, they've been there at some point.
0: Why wouldn't they? Lo- lovely, <laughs> lovely little part of Bergamo.
3: You may have moved them on there to uh, get their valuations <laughs> yeah. up or down. Yeah. One of their satellite clips. <laughs> <toys. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh, Allegedly.
0: Andrea Bellotti Allegedly. was before. Yeah, I was gonna, hoping <laughs> you were going to say that. That's where Andrea Bellotti was before he went to Palermo, I'm pretty sure. I'll be honest a because he is Bergamo, yeah. Um, there you go, Vito says it's right, it's definitely right because he, he just <laughs> knows those things but I think that's it, I, I don't think there's a game that we've overlooked although I do, do want have a habit pre- of doing this uh, Torino Cremonese. Torino Cremonese. I've got a friend who's taking <laughs> their partner to this for oh, their shoot. first ever football match and I laughed so much when they said that because it's going to be a rotter Vito they're
1: going to break up with him <laughs> <laughs> what a fitting backdrop <laughs> did we
2: miss Roma Verona or have we did ignored we? it? Yeah. Uh,
1: oh my God, I because we... we
0: just finished. Did we talk about this? We didn't. I think
1: we, we very briefly did on a tangent, I think, but definitely not properly.
0: Uh, just go to total-italian-football.com and read what Suhal wrote about the game. Roma mm-hmm. don't have a, a creative player when Dybala's not there, basically. There you yeah. go. Um, that'll do. <laughs> Because we need to get out of here. Because I kind of want to go to sleep. I've had a very very long day. (laughs)
1: We need to get home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've had a very long day followed by a long night yesterday, and there was not much sleep in between. (laughs) Kev, get your head out of the gutter. That's not what was happening. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that'll do it. Like I said, total-italianfootball.com for all of your Italian football needs. We will be back for patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/TotalItalianFootball with. Too much content. The women's football pod- podcast with Bernsey and I, then the European football podcast with whoever's available. Uh, probably. I'm probably going to Inter Porto, but it's to be confirmed. So I don't want to say Ooh. I am. Because when I say I am, I never do. So I- I'm trying to go. We've applied for accreditation and Inter are usually nice to us. Milan are a nightmare, but Inter are usually nice to us. So we'll hope so. And then we will be back with the Serie A preview podcast on friday so that is a bonus podcast coming out on tuesday thursday and friday and you only need to sign up for two euro month to get that and we're doing it basically every week between now and the end of the season which is going to be tiring <laughs> but we'll do it we'll get there and then we'll reevaluate our life plans and website structure but thank you listeners Vito, say goodbye goodbye bernsey say hello hello kev say goodbye Goodbye. Why would you say hello, you fucking
1: idiot?